This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi, I'm Bhavna Sumaya on Epilogue Media. Welcome to my podcast show, Meri Kahani, the third season of the show called Game Changers. This series involves players who have seriously changed the business of entertainment and so we feature chairmen, CEOs and big executives in the media entertainment. And one of them is Tarun Katyal, CEO Z5. Tarun started with print media, moved on to television, Star TV and Sony, launched the most creative and innovative radio channel called Big FM, moved on to launch the most defining OTT platform for Z channel called Z5, presenting the dashing and dynamic Tarun Kachar. Thank you, Bhavnadi. It's almost an honor to be uh, with you. I've seen you interview many, many, uh, you know, luminaries and dignitaries over the years. And I've always dreamt and wondered whether you'll ever interview me. Oh, my God. That is a compliment. Samir said that yesterday and I really take it seriously now. So, Tarun, I want to know the entire journey. Because, you know, when you look at successful people, you feel as if they were forever successful. But it is not so. Somewhere they've started. So first tell me, what kind of a childhood did you have? Who were the influences in your life? What shaped your personality, your discipline, everything? So I think, uh, you know, I had a very normal childhood. Uh, a good you sound con- like Mr. Bachchan. <laughs> because with Mr. Bachchan, if you say, what kind of a childhood did you have? He answers in one word and says normal. <laughs> so you have to probe and probe. I, I grew up in a good Punjabi household. My parents came from uh, two very different backgrounds. Uh, so my father came from a very professional background uh, and I think I kind of have lived that life more than anything else. So my grandfather was also a banker. Uh, my father was a charan counter and a banker and all his uh, brothers and siblings were IIT and all of that. So they were all very hardworking people who in, you know, the early part of uh, India's independence wanted to do something, went to, be, you know, good colleges. My father went to Shriram College of Commerce in uh, Delhi and, and you know, tried to make something of themselves. Uh, my mother on the other side came from a very rich Punjabi uh, trading uh, family. Nobody studied much in her family. She was the only one who decided to study, pursue education. Uh, so she's very well educated, but she's the only one in the entire family wow. uh, who's like that, right? Um, and uh, when I was growing up, uh, my uh, what happened was that my father's family was starting to do better and better. You're just two siblings, you yeah, and yeah, your me sister. Me and my sister. And my mother's family, which was a business family, because my they lost my grandfather very early on, okay. they started to do uh, fairly badly. Okay. So my uh, my mother and my grandmother from my father says she keep telling me that you've got to study because we don't have a business and you've got to figure something else out, right? Uh, and so that was kind of deeply ingrained that you've got to work hard, get a job and make something of yourself. You and remember I, this clearly? Yeah, very clearly. Yeah. At every given point that if I wouldn't study hard, they would <laughs> tell me, listen, we don't have a business and if you think you're going to hang around like your cousins and something is waiting for you, uh-huh. nothing's waiting for you and it seems like nothing's waiting for them either. So... <laughs> So it was good. Uh, I think, you know... And you did your schooling and college in Bombay? I did my schooling in partly in Bombay, a little bit in Delhi. Uh, But yeah, I've been a Bombay person. uh, So I grew up in Bandra on Pali Hill. Uh, I think maybe entertainment came into my blood uh, like that. Uh, So... uh, Like how? Were you watching a lot of movies? uh, So, you know... um, I grew up right under the apartment of uh, Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma. Okay. And used to get up in the morning with him playing Santur. (laughs) 
Wow. Uh, yeah, and he used to practice right above my room uh, in in childhood. Early morning. Early morning. Uh, so it was it was quite a quite a thing, you know, to you see. You never him thought go. of learning music? Uh, I don't think it was my blood, <laughs> but it, but it was very inspiring, yeah. extremely. And actually, I was good friends with Rahul, mm-hmm. uh, who was his son. And at that time, uh, Shiv Hari were a big thing with Yashraj, and they yeah. used to do a lot of music and so yeah. on and so forth. So they would have. a lot of these uh, you know music recitals and yeah. and so so we saw a lot of uh, you know good culture. culture right at the start um, so in, academic was in your uh, we used to genes. play cricket with uh, zakir so he used to be there a lot and then um, and then in the building was uh, gauri's aunt uh, mrs chibba okay. so sharuk used to live there initially for many years uh-huh. and So you grow up in the midst of this culture, entertainment, and yeah. so on. So and I th- and my dad was a banker, right? We were really out of place in that building. Yeah. Uh, there was Arvind and Poppy. Arvind ran uh, Leo Burnett for many years. Arvind Sharma. Okay. So it it seemed like what were we doing there, right? And uh, who knew that I was going to end up in the same world eventually? So maybe these uh, early influences in childhood do have some bearing on your thought process and where you end up. Yeah. yeah. So then, what happened? When did this seed kind of take place? You finished your normal graduation. What did you do? Ah, uh, yeah. So I did my uh, I did BCom. I was doing my father's a chartered. So, mm-hmm. you know, they first wanted me to do engineering, and I started working uh, towards giving the IIT um, IIT entrance exam. And then when I got to tenth standard and I gave my tenth standard exam, my dad asked me, "So I'm assuming you're doing science." My my sister's also an engineer. My cousins are also in IIT, so and so forth, so okay. on and so forth. So my uh, father asked me, "So you're going to do science?" So I looked at him, saying, uh, "No." <laughs> so he said, "What? You've been working for this IIT exam, and aren't you going to take science? How can you give an IIT exam?" So I said, "I don't plan to go to IIT." So he said, "So then, what do you want to do?" Uh, so I said, "I'll take commerce. I'll become a chartered accountant like you." Yeah. So he wasn't very happy, but uh, you know, under much uh, duress. And my mother's very supportive, so she said, "Okay, let him do what and he wants." And she's a principal of us. Yeah. Right? So she's an educationist. She ran many schools in Mumbai. Yeah. So she said, "Okay, let him do what he wants to do." So he did, she didn't put like undue pressure, and I went to HR college. Yeah. I went on my, I went on my own, got my admission, admission and uh, did no my own feeding, thing. Yeah. No, nothing. Because anyway, my father said, if you are taking commerce, then you know whatever will happen will happen, yeah. right? It was kind of looked down. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, in those days, science was the thing to do. Yeah. So I took commerce and I started and I started doing my charter council because I promised him that I would be doing my CA and I got to my inter CA. Then I said, listen, I don't want to become a charter council. <laughs> so I one day came and told me, listen, I don't plan to become a charter accountant. Uh-huh. So he said, what have you been doing for the last three years, and uh-huh. now you don't want to become a charter accountant either? So she, he told my mother that I don't think this boy is going to do anything in his life. He's going to end up like your your brothers. <laughs> you know how it is, right? Not your family my side versus of my the family. family right? yeah. So he's got the wrong genes. So uh, I said, yeah, you know, I'll do MBA. Right in December of that year, when CAT had already gotten over, uh, I and it was my last year of BCom at HR. I decided to sit for the MBA entrance exam. I was also very culturally active through my uh, college life, so I had started to write and all that. So I ran a magazine for many years in um, in HR called Graffiti. I launched a magazine and ran it. I've for heard many of years. it. So Rajiv Masan's first writing assignment was with me. That's fantastic. Yeah, and he wrote with me for many years, and we became friends and all of that. And then he started to work with. 
metropolis on on saturday which uh, metropolis on saturday something mosque that paper that they started at the times of india with pritish nandi and i started writing a column there then early days of bombay time i started writing with them so i'd been writing for some time and then rajiv went to indian express and he said why don't you come write there but i i wasn't really keen we had to do something but what were you writing on random stuff so i used to write an agony column in metropolis uh, okay. on saturday and you know people's issues young kids issues and so on and so forth amazing who would have imagined that you started <laughs> as a writer yeah, yeah. and uh, so then i got into mba and i was as i was getting to my summer in mba i uh, spoke to uh, you know there was one of a board of directors in mba school was a guy called lalit pawa i owe a lot to him he runs this magazine called meri saheli yes uh, right he's a very bandra good guy. guy yeah yeah bandra mm. yeah. so new woman and meri yes, saheli hema yes, yes. ji works with yes, him yes, uh, very yes. closely so i spoke to him and uh, i said you know i want to advertising and he was very uh, forthcoming so he put me on to um a lady at uh, sachi and sachi at that time uh, this was sista sachi and sachi bobby sista's company and sachi and sachi just come into the country uh, with them called a lady called madhushri ramani But how did you uh, think that you want to get into advertising? It, it, Out of the blue, you know, because I could see that I had an inkling in towards that, hmm. and but she happened to be the media planning head, um, hmm. and she said, "Okay, come uh, work for me." And I was while my through my MBA, I started working with her. Okay, uh, it was a very interesting job. She put me on to Procter and Gamble and some of the good clients and accounts, and I learned a lot with her. And I think. what that stint ended up doing for me is to give me the numeric side of the rational side of of my life and you know data sciences and all that has come today but at that time she told me and you can take this at way back in 96 97 that tarun you know this is a good business but numbers must talk to you and that you know gave me the business side side of my life i worked worked with her and then she put me on to another good advertising stalwart called anand halve Okay. Uh, who was running an agency called Enterprise Nexus with Mohammad Khan and and all of them, and I went on to work with them. Then um, uh, and there was another guy called Hiran Pandey to help me there, and I then moved to working at Ogilvy. From there, I moved to Ogilvy. Ogilvy was my last advertising stint. It was very interesting. So on the whole, you must have been in advertising world for about three, four years. Yeah, okay. not very long. So one, I so we all used to go to uh, you know work together from Shasti Nagar here. Uh, we do have a carpool, and one day I told my friends, uh, you know, uh, both of them now are they did some media stints and they do other things now, and I told them, listen, I think I'm done, done with doing things. advertising and uh, you know getting clients calls every morning and asking for unreasonable things. Uh, I want to do media, so they said, really. So a friend of mine said, uh, and this is way back. I'm talking about uh, you know ninety eight, ninety nine. He said, media or no media, I think you're the kind who wants to be CEO. So I said, really? Huh. No, 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 not at all. So he said, I'm telling you. Anyway, we want to have fun. You can become CEO, uh, and now all of them are CEO, so it's okay. Uh, uh, but what a profession! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And I was uh, traveling to work one day. We just got mobile, so I made a call, uh, and I knew people at Sony and I knew people at Star. Um, so I met. I called, made a call at Sony, and they had just acquired their cricket rights to uh, Sri Lanka. So they were all at Sri Lanka, and there was nobody to meet. Mm. So then I went one evening. I was at a media party, and I met Peter Mukherjee. Okay. And I told him I knew him very well because I was a media and planner. And where was Peter at that time? He was Star. a CEO at Star, right? He had just become CEO after uh, Ratikan Basu. Basu had gone, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and this was which year? And this was ninety nine. Ninety nine. And he told me that uh, okay, come and see me. Uh, so I went. Uh, I saw him. It took me about twenty minutes, and then he told me. 
I think you're a good guy. We should take you in strategy and planning and all that. Uh, why don't you go meet Samir? <laughs> so they went, they sent me up to Samir's floor and uh, Samir was an unscheduled appointment, was busy with many things. I waited for about four hours. Oh my uh, God. To me- meet him. And I thought that this is never Today going to people happen. wait four and a half hours for you. <laughs> no, not at all. Yes, and nobody do. should wait for anyone. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway, I met him and uh, about 15 minutes, Samir said, yeah, yeah, you're hired. And uh, I got my paperwork done and I moved from Ogilvy to Star. The joke was that uh, all along, I used to come uh, two uh, lanes away from where Star was in Barol uh, to Pidilite and Condivita. And I used to keep complaining, I am never going to work in Andheri East. Because, you know, <laughs> Andheri East at that time, and was, even now, is, is, you know, is the worst travel, traffic bottleneck in Bombay. Mm. Um, but, you know, you say never, say never, right? Uh, uh, and you land right there. Right there. Uh, and I started working at Star. Uh, it was a very good journey. And Samir empowered me to do a lot. And Peter empowered me to do a lot. And very quickly... I ended up becoming the head of Star Plus and then the head of the network uh, and across marketing and and uh, content. And I ended up being on the executive board of the company. So, yeah, it was, it was good. You know, the whole... And we met there. We met there. Yeah. And what I remember about you there is a plate of fruit <laughs> followed you in every room and every meeting because you were just not finishing your fruit and your man Friday was so worried that he has wasted so much time in slicing the fruit that you must eat it. Yeah. And also what I remember, Tarun, is that, you know, you were so busy and you were jumping from one creative meeting to another in a separate room with different producers, different ideas that we take it for granted that... Uh, you know, these guys are just going to be whole day talking, but it used to drain you out mm. and dehydrate you completely. So I remember one specific image when you came out, you held your head and you just put your head on the table and you told your secretary, I cannot do it. And I cannot do it today. So what are the pitfalls of a job like this? No, yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting job. It is an energizing job. Uh, you get to meet so many new people. You get to hear so many creative ideas. It's also very enriching when you put out content that can impact the country. Uh, from very early, I had thought that I think, you know, or whatever we do should have a message, uh, should be able to do something for the society. And when we launched uh, KBC and we launched the new set of programming on, on Star Plus, one of the thoughts uh, intrinsically that we put into the brand was that this was a brand that gave back to society, that, uh, you know, built something for society. So... Whether it was KBC, whether it was Kyonki, whether it was some of the other stuff we did, like Kulja Simsim or whatever, it was a very, uh, it was a brand that gave back to society and, and engaged with society. It wasn't a brand that looked down on society, that they weren't stories about rich people and rich things, but about average people, family values, you know, and things that happen, very relatable things that happen, real resonating things that happen to Indians at large. And that's mm-hmm. why the entire thing connected. Who knew that, uh, you know, that somebody that we were going to launch that time was going to be the cabinet minister in this country, right? But it happened because that character, the kind of storyline, the kind of things we did connected with the real India. Yes. And we brought down ourselves from being the high-end bro of satellite entertainment to your entertainment in your house with people like you and and real and relatable stories. And that really made the big difference, right? And Uh, the cabinet minister uh, was uh, an artist at heart. Yeah, she's still an artist at heart. And still an artist at heart. (laughs) And that is why she becomes so interesting. So from Star, where you really had a prosperous time, uh, a lot of goodwill, a lot of credit for your creativity, your dynamism, you moved to Sony. 
what was the stint there like and what was your job profile what were the key factors you learned there or you so it was a very uh, uh, very risky move you would say right because we when i left when star was 80 of the top 100 shows uh, it's very difficult to create something like that but it's even more difficult to pierce a fortress that you've created like this right mm. uh, and uh, you know we didn't know where this was going to go but i knew that i didn't want to do exactly the same thing at vinod star because what's the point you must give the viewers a choice an alternative and do something different and well the first thing the only things i wanted to do was indian idol um i think it was a great platform to you know give back to society and to make something of regular indians and you know what we call tiktok today was indian idol then right yes uh, tiktok gives people the ability to put themselves out there and so yeah. did indian idol right um and it became a sensation but uh, you know we worked 6 months prepping for that show finding the host and then training them i visited almost every idol in the world taking notes right from american idol to the french idol to the singapore idol to the indonesian idol where my team went and almost every idol that had been replicated to go frame by frame and seeing what we needed to do and then we did the auditions we found hundreds of people who came in and you know we had all kinds of challenges but you know good things have their own momentum and then we had all that footage and we had to create the first few episodes and we didn't know what to do where do we start from because Scary, we have no? right unlike uh, fiction storytelling you've shot the screenplay you have the story yeah. unlike even kbc you've shot the episode even though it's real but you've shot the episode and you can and you can do stuff this around it this is an it. amazing story this is like you know you have like 10000 hours of footage you have to condense it into one hour how do you find the right moments that from Or all of that even the right structure and the storytelling and um, you know if it's good i worked with some very uh, you know incredible people nikhil alwa nirit alwa uh, vishal mal and some of the others and we locked ourselves in rooms and i remember editing the first episode myself uh, for almost like like 10 days without leaving the editing room only to go back home to have a, like a shower and come back and it was good it was really good we came up with something that you know was magical um but it was so real and so raw and india hadn't seen such raw things like india hadn't put itself out there ever it was all very polished indian yeah. uh, television right yeah. but these are all younger young kids who had no inhibitions who had walked into audition room and who were having real fun with you know the judges and so on and so forth and, and actually the the journey of those kids became indian idol right yeah. uh, i had uh, dinner with rahul vaidya about 4 days ago and mm. we were reminiscing how it's now 15 years from the time that uh, imagine, he became yeah. who he became and i'm so proud of him you know he moved yeah. into oberoi uh, at the back road recently wow uh, right with farah and all of the others wow. and it's so good to see him yes it's a fabulous uh, building yeah, and, and it's a great address yeah and it's so good to see somebody like him do so well Abhijit lives in Imperial Heights, uh, yeah. so even better. And you know, and all of them. When I see them, uh, I you know. And then after Sony. Uh... And the other person I I found on this journey, I must say, uh, was on Fame Gurukul was Arijit Singh. Yes, how can we forget that? Yeah. Uh, Today is the heartthrob of Bollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can. They, they doesn't the get better than him. Voice of the soul yeah, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And Javed Sab and me used to have arguments about how well he will do, and I used to keep telling Javed Sab that you know this guy is going to go very, very fast. Yeah. So Javed Sab was on the jury of yeah, the first was, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after Sony, you one fine day took a decision to launch big, big radio channel, and. Uh, you just followed your heart and you just did it and again you had no uh, road map about how you were going to do it 
and I remember meeting you in the early days when the office was just set up and it looked huge. <laughs> It is a fun full floor hmm. and all these recording rooms, one of them like how we are sitting here. What made you just plunge into it and you were changing your uh, tracks? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I wanted to know India in its roots. Uh, and when you do radio, you really get to see India in its in its local identity, in its root. And, and they say that language in India changes every 15, 20 kilometers. People, taste, food, lifestyle, values, you know, they all all tend to change. So I said, you know, this, this cannot be a more fantastic way of understanding this country than being there in 45 to 60 cities uh, and regions across, the, you know, the length and breadth of India. And it was from Trivandrum at one end to, you know, Shillong at the other. And, you know, Chennai or, or Bhubaneswar or Calcutta at one side to Kashmir and Srinagar uh, at the other end. And, and I can tell you, we, we set up a radio station 15 years ago in Srinagar in right peak of militancy. Everybody, when we took the Srinagar license, everybody told us that, you know, who's going to set up a Srinagar license, right? We were the only ones who took it, first of all. Nobody else even bid for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both Jammu and Srinagar, and but we bid on them, and we had faith in them, and we found local talent, and and we set up a very good station, and people became celebrities no, out of not their just, own right. Uh, you made it a retro station in the beginning, then you also redefined it. You also introduced the concept of having celebrity anchors, right? And uh, you uh, defined nostalgia shows in a manner that nobody else did. And your uh, station looks far more glamorous than any other radio hmm. station. So I think, uh, you know, uh, there was one thing. We could have picked young kids to become RJs, which we did. But I think there is a value in the depth of knowledge some of the celebrity RJs like yourself, Anu Kapoor, and some of the others bring to the table. And I thought that there was merit in India being exposed to the level of experiences and the level of interactions and the kind of knowledge you bring to the table. Uh, and that was my entire effort and, and the programming team's effort. And we worked with some fantastic people at Big during my journey for 12 years. And and it was some of their you know good hearts and good souls that we you know, came upon shows like Once Upon a Time in Bollywood or Sohana Safar or the others. And while we discovered a lot of new talent, we also gave a lot of talent that lied in this country uh, another platform. Discovered a new talent 100% because uh, I was just a critic and a (laughs) columnist and you put me there and said that, no, you can speak in Hindi and I learned to speak (laughs) Hindi on the job. So many others. Um, More than that, I think that because I watched you up close... You work so hard. You know, nothing comes for free and nothing comes as a shortcut. One could time the show according to what time you were going to enter the office. And you were almost the last to leave always. You were always uh, there in meetings, traveling, to an extent of also ignoring your personal life. It's a big sacrifice. I think it's the way you see it. Hmm. Uh, Obviously, you have to give to get uh, one. Two, uh, I think if you are blessed with having a family that supports you, if you're blessed with having spouses and parents who, you know, look up to your success but also want to partake it with you as much and see this as as a team together rather than as individuals, then I don't think it becomes such a stress, right? Uh, So I'm blessed to have a spouse who's never ever called me at work unless it's really necessary. And she knows that, you know, um, and she comes from the same profession, maybe right. it's easier. Yeah. But she she also knows that uh, nothing comes easy and our, our job or any other job requires a lot of, uh, you know, putting yourself in there yourself mm. rather than just watching it from the sidelines. Right? 
also it's very stressful you know tempers fly it calls for a certain calmness a team spirit building up a team uh, how do you are uh, you do a lot of meditation yeah so i um i got lucky i uh, then since aunt of mine called jashodra obroy she is vivek's mother okay uh, when i left star tv uh, so i just met her at a family function and she told me what are you doing for the next 3 months so i said i am out of you know i have i was in gardening what they call that you can't work for, for your notice period okay so she said why don't you go do a vipassana course uh, and i didn't ask much i said okay she said go on this date this is the place you'll find it go i just went huh. without thinking too much uh-huh landed at the center i wasn't even booked but waited till the evening uh, to see any vacancies were there i got a vacancy and they put me in the course it's a good course it it is a very cathartic internally and i practice vipassana two days i've done many courses after that and i now work on the vipassana committee and that that changed my life it gave me a certain level of uh, introspective capability it gave me a certain level of humility uh, it balances your ego for what you do you won't cut your nose to spite your face you don't take yourself too seriously you take your job seriously but you don't take yourself seriously and you can separate yourself from a situation wonderful uh, so well put right and sometimes we get too close and too attached to the situation and rather to you know and you can judge the person for the job rather than for itself right mm-hmm. so uh, that's and that's very important in our business there no person's bad you will have a good or bad day with individuals but he's not here to do something bad it's just that his judgment was in your judgment don't match mm-hmm. and it's a situation it's the it's a situation at hand mm-hmm. and sometimes you know somebody's trying to do something they can't do it and rather than forcing them to do it you should let them not do it right? and mm-hmm. find somebody else to do that because mm-hmm. putting a square peg in a round hole uh, is not going it's going to hurt someone you're going to cut from mm-hmm. some corner so mm-hmm. i think ba- basically life lessons mm-hmm. over a period of time uh, help you build good teams to be able to balance them out see people objectively trust them uh, trust is very important right uh, mm-hmm. be transparent with them don't play games uh, i can't play politics so you know i i said this very early in my career to my team members and we serve an executive committee i said if any of you come and complain about each other to me individually i'm going to come to the meeting weekly meeting and tell them that you said this and you said this and then uh, you'll have to face each other so you can decide how you want to play this out either you can talk to each other or when you have a problem with each other come and talk to me here Together. in front of in front of everybody Fabulous. but i want complete transparency because if we continue to bitch and squabble about each other we're going to go nowhere mm-hmm. and my original um, you know team uh, of big fm is still together we call ourselves the big boys and we have a group and we meet and you know we are still all very close to each other so i mean you know we we now work in different organizations but Uh, the level of respect and and the level of trust uh, always stays there and we are all always there to help each other so friends friendship uh, emotions relationships do matter to you yeah a lot you must I mean, and you do it. make time you for look it. at it uh, we know each other for now whatever 18 years or something like that or 20 close to 20 years i remember doing the first uh, star screen or big star, star screen award which was called the video call screen award in 2000 with vanit chibber and you and, and i uh, remember a special moment the first year that everything was going wrong <laughs> and you told me bhavna ji have is my suit and i said very good without looking at you and you said i'm not wearing a suit <laughs> so uh then you went to um z5 right this was in which year uh this happened uh, 
So what happened with Z5 was then when Z was acquiring uh, Big, Big. Uh, uh, and the acquisition was on, uh, they asked me to, in, in about 2016 and they asked me to work on the content lineup for Z5. So I started working along with Puneet on the project. So I've been working on Z5 from 2016 end, yeah. but I took over as the CEO uh, in 2018. Mm. And from there on, when it, the project got launched, um, about a couple of months after the project got launched, I've been the CEO from there on. So actually the last uh, job was a kind of an extension for you. Yeah, it was what they call and the AccuHire. Okay. You're acquiring and you hire an individual through that, yeah. You know, um, it's so interesting that you start uh, with print, you go to television, you go to radio, and now you go to OTT. And while you were working on it from Big FM, a lot of us didn't even know much about it. Because Remember you sat in a meeting very early on where they were showing all the projects yeah, that they were doing? I was getting very bored, <laughs> but I concentrated. Yeah. But you had the vision. You knew that this was going to take off in a big way. And it has. And you have, in a way, transformed the destiny of Z because Z has a very uh, old world Babu culture, which because of this uh, digital platform, it is different now, what are the challenges you faced here? How different is it from, say, television or radio? It is very different from television and radio. These are very millennial young audiences who know their mind. This is all a video on demand. You know, they don't have to watch every episode. They don't have to have watch everything in every episode. You can scrub and watch. You can watch the first and then the last alone. You can watch it at your convenience. So it's irreverent. Yeah, it's also highly personalized. It's not one suit fits all. And so the whole thing about digital is that it's very personalized and you have to work through a lot of machine learning, artificial intelligence, your user journeys, your experience. So content is one part and then product and technology and data are, are equally important as you serve the content out. Okay. Uh, and I think I'm blessed to work with uh, Puneet because I think he understood that this was, this was needed. Uh, to get Z to the next level. Uh, and we invested a lot in every bucket. So we have a great amount of data science uh, that we do. We understand every individual, what we call the segment of one, that this is for every one individual rather than any large mass of, you know, of of what they call viewers or users or mm. something, something like that. And then, so your recommendation of what you come onto the app is very different from what I would see. Uh, and we have to, you know, make content accordingly for cohorts and taste clusters. So people who would like, who are urban but like comedy, uh, people who are, you know, younger but like love stories, people who are... Some, so it's, you know, somebody, people who like dark and, and would want to do thriller. So there's no one formula, there's no one show, there's no one telling. So you're working And no across, one timing. And there's no one timing, yeah. That is the big thing. Yeah. And we just partnered with Ekta and she has a different yes. kind of content. Yes. Back again after 20 years, yeah. So yeah. me and Ekta are working together now. You know, you have a way of, uh, because everybody you've been associated with is in different uh, places and working in more or less similar uh, mediums and you keep getting back to them. <laughs> how how different is that? I think how much have they changed? How much have you changed? People have changed. You shouldn't carry any baggage. Uh, people mm. move on and people become better people. They mm. all mature. They all have life lessons they've been through. And I think if you if you don't judge them, but you know, uh, and carry no baggage and approach every situation and every interaction for what it's worth mm. rather than from what you thought it would end up being mm. uh, and don't project yourself or that other individual too much. It's easy. Mm. So stay light. So uh, how difficult is it to each time form a new team, create a relationship, create bonding, motivate them? Uh, it's tough. 
to find the right kind of chemistry with everybody, the level of trust and, and so on and so forth. I do believe that you're going to go right 80%, but 20%, you should keep the margin of error with yourself. So for every 100 people you hire, 20 will not cut the game or will not be suited for what mm. you're trying to do. Mm. Uh, and if you live with that and then don't keep judging people and don't keep playing politics with them and don't have insecurities, you're kind of good. So people, young, young people who think they are writers or who are editors or who are director material, uh, what should they be looking for and what kind of job would you be giving so them? I think one or th- are there no jobs? No, no, there are jobs and there are more jobs. And when we started off, there are jobs and many, many more jobs for talented people even more. The one thing people shouldn't do is uh, to repeat themselves. Uh, we make the mistake of doing the same thing again and again and this is where you get stuck. Right, because you only make marginal improvements from there on, right? Uh, so look to do different stuff. Uh, uh, I always say the other side of fear is freedom. And so have no fear, right? Take the risks, uh, because only with big risks are big rewards. So the thing about young people is that, you know, they have the age on their side to be able to take even better risks. So they should take risks. They should give India and the community at large different things to watch, different stories uh, to, to consume, right? We did this really nice story recently uh, called Kafir. Mm. And we wouldn't have done it even this environment or any other. The story is about uh, this girl, and it's true, true story. It's about this girl who tries to commit suicide on POK. And uh, she comes through the water uh, into, uh, into Kashmir. Uh, and now that she's here, she's thought to be a terrorist uh, who's crossed over. And she's jailed. And in jail, uh, she's raped. And she has a child. And uh, a journalist uh, stroke lawyer finds her and tries to uh, get her bail or get her cleared. And she gets cleared. Now she's out. Now she wants to go back to Pakistan. But Pakistan is refusing to give her child in an immigration because the child is India-born. And neither can she go without the child, neither can she stay here because she's Pakistani, the child is Indian. And, you know, what happens there on therefore. Now... And these are kind of stories that, you know, because of all the tensions and how we perceive, uh, you know, our neighbors and so on and so forth, you wouldn't do. But this is not a story about, about, you know, politics or about borders, but it's about humanity. It's about humanity is your bigger religion than anything else. And the boy who saves her is a Hindu. She's a Muslim. He's lost one of his brothers to terrorists. So he overcomes all of that to come out and help her. So there are many things that you wouldn't do in a normal scenario, right? Because uh, how you look at populist culture, you go with that populist culture. But I think you define populist culture and it's your ability to do different things which will define you in the long run. Mm. You know, the content, content, content we talk about, but at the moment I feel there is an overload of content. And the people who write about this content are also limited and they are also overloaded in their own worlds. I just don't know how this madness is going to work out. See, where this is going to go is, like I told you, it's going to become highly personalized. People are going to pay for what they like. Hmm. And this is not going to be a one-suit-fits-all game. Uh, and content creation will become smarter, more intelligent, uh, more... Uh, pragmatic uh, and also more focused Uh, and you will do stories that are different that are new and that uh, you know end up giving India or or the globe a different way of thinking right you are you we all have to evolve our thinking right when you keep doing more of the same you're not evolving your thinking So you have a lot of interesting things in the pipeline yeah very good I mean uh, so we're doing uh, we're doing all kinds of shows uh, and you know 
one of the one of my favorite shows uh, that we're doing is around uh, a historical fact where you know a bunch of ladies in Gujarat uh, decided to recreate um, a airport during the India Pakistan war because the airport had been bombed and uh, you know they needed to fly off it and how they all in 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 a matter of days created a whole run strip uh, runway strip and so on and so forth together uh, That's and, interesting. Yeah, and stories like this have never been told, right? Yeah. Now cinema is starting to look at some of these real stories and cinema has also evolved in this country, starting yeah. to do stuff like yeah. that. But there's such good, true stories that are that are lying around that yeah. we don't touch. We are, so we're also doing another show called The Black Tornado, the, based on the book Black Tornado, okay. which is the 2611 that happened here, but from the eyes of the boy Moshe, who was the Israeli boy... Uh, and how this act was not an act of ter- terrorism between India and Pakistan, but really an act of global terrorism. And that's why their attack was towards the Israeli Shabbat house to be able to send the message to the world that they could attack you anywhere, mm-hmm. any corner of the, of this globe, mm-hmm. right? And this boy Moshe who eventually went back to Israel and and... Prime Minister Modi and Netanyahu also met him mm. last year. It's from his eyes and how, you know, what happens. Yeah. Very nice. Mm. So would you say that Tarun Katyal is now content and satisfied with his journey or are there more milestones coming? I think if you get satisfied, you should retire. Right. So I think uh, the one thing you should do is continuously say dissatisfied. Uh, want you to do better, want you to do better for yourself, want you to do better for the society. Uh, give back to people. I'm in the process of writing a book uh, from all my experiences only because I think that whatever good or bad we've learned, we should live back, give back uh, to people who can, you know, use it and do something for themselves with it. You're writing on your own or you're doing no, it in, with the friend? Yeah, right? I'm writing with Yes. Friend. So I wish you all the best. Thank you so and, much. And uh, I'm sure that you are always bringing surprises and there will be more. And uh, you have our good wishes and my blessings. Thank you. Thank That's you. all we need. Thank you for tuning in. If you have liked this episode, do comment. Do rate on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Hubhopper, CastBox, Spotify, GeoSavan, so that you get notified when we come next. Stay tuned for the next episode with yet another guest. And until then, take great care of yourself.